Hello, everyone on the live stream and anyone listening to my voice on your podcatcher. This is your pal, Sully. This is Locked On MLB, and I'm telling you, at one point, it looked like we were going to have a dogfight for the American League Central. Well, now the Cleveland Guardians have it all but locked up. And the way they look and the way they're designed, they could be in first place for many years to come. Hey, Cleveland fans, you may have a bunch of Guardian Octobers coming up. But right now, you've got an episode of Locked on MLB. You are Locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to another live stream version of Locked On MLB. This is being streamed at 10 o'clock at night on Los Angeles time on the 19th day of September 2022. If you're listening to us on the feed uh, for your podcast, we're going to be dropping on the 20th day. It is officially late September, and things are getting very, very late in the pennant races. Hey, I we should tell you what we are. We are the podcast. We talk about Major League Baseball all year long. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Look at there. You can call me Sully, for those of you watching on the YouTubes. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a writer and comedian, a filmmaker, uh, and I've been a baseball podcaster for the last decade or so, and I am very, very happy to be part of the Lockdown Podcast Network now for the last four seasons. It's been a lot of fun. Now, oh, by the way, follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods. Thanks so much for making us your first listen. Uh, that's handles for both Twitter and Instagram. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Yeah, looking like a lot of the races that look like we're going to be super tight. You know, the Yankees have pulled away, you know, they with about, what, 15 games left or something like that to have a five-and-a-half-game lead. You know, it looks pretty secure. The uh, Astros clinched the American League West and home field advantage throughout the post uh, throughout the American League postseason. They need just three more wins to meet the 100 mark. The Mets are in the postseason. It's official. Uh, they're going to be at the least a wild card team. And Max Scherzer, I don't know, when you throw six perfect innings, that shows you that's a pretty decent tune-up. And, you know, good for Buck Showalter for not getting carried away by the situation. Look at Scherzer's thrown no hitters before. He wants to get another World Series ring. And Mets fans, you'd rather be throwing those innings in October. Um, taking a quick little peek around, the the Mariners clobbered the Angels as they inch closer to ending their postseason drought. I mentioned the Astros shut up the Rays. Bad news for the Rays on that front. Uh, the Marlins, uh, you know, basically aided by a De La Cruz Grand Slam, beat the Cubs. That would have been a huge game in 1998, 19, no, 2003, or maybe a few years ago. Hey, uh, Tyler Alexander is so a no-hitter deep into the game. Uh, they wound up losing the no-hitter, but the Tigers absolutely demolished Baltimore. Baltimore's playoff hopes are starting to fade. Uh, Kyle Wright got a win for the Braves. 
which you know should frustrate Mets fans. So the Mets did what they had to do with a 7-2 victory over Milwaukee. Giants had to come from behind victory uh, in against Colorado in a game watched by my mom. And the Dodgers are just they got 102 wins. If they get six more wins, it'll be the the biggest single season win total for the history of the Dodgers, whether it be Brooklyn or Los Angeles. That's a quick little look around there. But the other big game was the early game, the Guardians absolutely manhandling the uh, Twins. Hey, we got uh, uh, David Samuel Blaine, who is one of my regular listeners on here. Uh, He comes in here. The Dodgers dominate the Giants. Well, everyone dominated the Giants this year, buddy. Uh, The Dodgers are just running away with it. I want to talk a little bit about the Guardians, however, because the Guardians did what they had to do. Remember, we talked long about this with um, with Miller Thomas that the White Sox. I'm sorry, the 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 Twins. The White Sox are the next team. That's why I said White Sox. I saw the next game on the schedule, which is uh, tomorrow. Cleveland's going to play the White Sox. Well, Cleveland took care of business with Minnesota charging up against them. They had three games in Minnesota. They won all three. Then they had five games at in Cleveland where they played the Twins, and they won four of them. So think about that. They had, was it, eight games head-to-head, and they won seven of them and absolutely have gone from being at a deadlock tie. They were at a deadlock tie 15 days ago. 15 days ago, the the Cleveland Guardians and Minnesota Twins were at the starting line, and the Guardians were on a terrible losing streak. And since then, they've lost uh, three games and have built the lead from tied on the fourth to four and a half on the 19th over, uh, you know, uh, uh, against their, wait, is it four and a half? It's, uh, yeah, it's four. That's right, because Chicago didn't play yesterday. So four games. And um, they have three games against the Chicago White Sox coming up. If they win that series, then they've they've basically clinched it. I mean, they'll have reduced the magic number to single digits, and then they'll have to play the Rangers, Tampa Bay, and then they have, one, two, three, four, five, six games against the Kansas City Royals to finish the season out. Now, of course, we've learned the danger of being like saying, oh, this part of the schedule is going to be easy because we've seen teams like, you know, Washington or the Marlins dust themselves off and say, well, you're not going to beat us. We're not going to lay down for you. But the Twins got absolutely, the Twins have now fallen sub 500, and the Guardians have are two wins away from clinching a winning season. And Ahmed Rosario is just playing the role of hero on, you know, on the 17th, uh, just a couple of days ago, he got eight hits in the double header, four for five, one game, four for five, the next home runs, knocked the game winning run in. It was on an error, but he, he got it in play. And uh, just today, in you know, in a game where they the twins were desperate to beat the guardians to get back into it, you know, Rosario went, he got on base three times. He got another home run. He hit three, he got three runs bad in. Naylor got the home run. Rosario got the home run, as I mentioned. Ma- Ma- Malas got the home run. Quan and Straw both hit triples. And 
you know, Quantrill pitched well. Henches pitched the finals two in the third innings. And the Guardians won the game, won it handily, and have basically clinched the American League Central's barring an absolute collapse. And oh, David Samuels. So David Samuels, by the way, is in the chat right now. He just wants to talk Dodgers. Freddie Freeman, uh, well with his weight, 220-pound uh, mark. Well, guess what? The Dodgers are running away with it. But I'm finding there's a, a few things about Cleveland that I find more interesting. And one thing about Cleveland that people are going to talk about which I don't think is as cute and cuddly as some people want to say. But the Cleveland Guardians are going to this postseason in a unique situation and, quite frankly, the type of team that I wouldn't mind seeing going deep and not just because they're from Cleveland. But, hey, we'll get to that in the next segment, but let's talk a little bit about LinkedIn Talent Solutions. These days... Every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and free. Add your job with a purple hashtag hiring frame in your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job at for free at linkedin.com slash MLB. That's linkedin.com slash MLB to post your job for free. Hey, guess what? Terms and conditions apply. I was reading something on MLB.com. Basically, I was reading an article um, that was, who was the other, by Mandy Bell. I'm going to try to get Mandy Bell on the podcast. Mandy Bell, if you're out there, I'm going to send this via the Twitter. Um, and I'm going to read part of what she said. The, the Guardians, this is according to her article, are the youngest team in the major leagues. Um and she says that it's younger than just about every AAA club. I mean, this is a young team. And Jose Ramirez turned 30 the other day, just two or three days ago. And that he is their oldest position player at age 30. And the, the point that she made in her article, I'm just going to read this part. When you add up the number of play appearances who are 30 years or younger, no team has had a lower number of players who are you know who are under 30 and have made the postseason in the expansion era. Okay? This is going to be the young this is one of the youngest teams in recent history, and they have a chance to go to the postseason. And a chance, they've all but clinched it. So this is a super young team. And one of the things that's I find to be very interesting about the team is that besides Jose Ramirez, you're hard pressed to find a real star in the hitting. You know, Rosario has, has played very well recently. Uh, Jimenez has played well recently, but you know, this isn't a team that's up and down like they were in the nineties where you had Ramirez and Bell and Tommy and Bayerga. We have some players who are 
hitting the ball well, and getting enough offense. Oscar Gonzalez has recently burst onto the scene. He's got some big hits. Stephen Kwan, remember how he started the year where he, no one could get him out? And he just, you know, keeps, you know, making contact. Luke Mal is, well, he's 31, so he's an old geezer. He hit a home run today. But, you know, the likes of Jimenez and Rosario, who they got in the Lindor trade, have given them something strong up the middle. In fact, with Naylor at first and Ramirez at third, their infield is pretty dang good. Now, they have some gigantic holes in their outfield, and they could use another big hitter in there. But even with the injuries to Savali, to Plesak, to Connor Plinkenton, they have a good pitching staff. Shane Bieber's been pitching great recently. Quantrill, Tristan McKenzie have all done the job really well recently. Uh, Kirk McCarty's had a couple of decent games. Um, but then you have their Class A and Trevor Steeman, uh, Steve, Trevor Stephan, sorry, Eli Morgan. Sam Henches got a save today. Um, they have, to, you know, James... Uh, Karen Check, I think is how you pronounce the name. Forgive me. They have all these guys on the team who are contributing to the pitching staff. They could pitch as well as any team in the American League right now. And they their hitting is just good enough. Now, one of the people who is not young on this team is Terry Francona. And Terry Francona is showing why he's a Hall of Fame manager. He has taken this lineup that is super young, should be a triple-A team with their age, and is playing to everybody's strengths. They do have some power. Ramirez is a good, solid power hitter. They can't. They do get hits at the right time, but it's not super strong offense. We do what they also have. Bear with me for a second. They don't strike out much. The strikeout totals on this team are actually pretty low. And do you what they also have? Guys who can steal bases. They have five guys on the team, uh, Jimenez, Rosario, Ramirez, Quan, and Miles Straw, all have double-digit stolen bases. I know you're not supposed to steal bases. I know you're not supposed to care about strikeouts anymore. But this team doesn't strike out. This team makes contact. This team steals bases. This team goes first to third. They don't have the huge superstars besides Jose Ramirez on the team, so the players that they have make contact. They put the ball in play. Things happen when you put the ball in play. And they play good defense, and they pitch well. It's really a strange type of formula that they have, which is I know that most teams shrug at the concept of strikeouts, there's all sorts of sabermetric reasons why it doesn't matter if you strike out a lot. It doesn't matter this, that, or the other thing. But you know what? Cleveland has decided maybe it does. Maybe it does matter that you don't strike out. Maybe it does matter that you make contact. Maybe it does matter that unlike most teams, which is station to station, they go first to third or they'll steal bases to get people on their toes. And do you know what that is for me personally? And I've seen it when I've watched Cleveland Guardian games this year. Now bear with me for a second. This is a strange concept. I find it exciting. I find it fun to watch. I find it fun to watch the batters make contact instead of swinging and missing. 
strikeouts are for the most part kind of dull. You strike out, the defense doesn't do anything. They don't have to be on their toes. When you put the ball in play, sometimes things happen. When you put the ball in play and you have speed, a lot of things can happen. And those things are cool. When a guy is on first and decides to steal second, you can list all the reasons why that risk is not worth it. And I'll say it is worth it because it makes the game more interesting, more entertaining. And they're going to go in. They're going to clinch this. And they're going to wind up playing either Seattle, Toronto, or Tampa Bay. Unless one of them has a massive collapse and Baltimore gets back in. But my dear friends with that Dixieland band in New Orleans and everything like that, I don't see it happening. If the Orioles can lose a critical game at home 11 nothing it makes me think that maybe just maybe they're not going to do what they need to do cleveland was probably going to play one of those three teams i just mentioned seattle toronto tampa bay right now i'm picking cleveland i like what cleveland's done i like their pitching staff and i think they can go far now if they go in if they make it through that round the wild card round They'll probably face the Yankees in the division series. You'll have a team that has good pitching. Good pitching tends to flummox every Yankee hitter with the exception of Aaron Judge. They'll have good pitching and speed on the base paths. I can see the Cleveland Guardians making it to the ALCS, probably against Houston, but who knows? There could be an upset along the way. This is, now look at, I've been saying I want the Cleveland Guardians to win because I would love to see them win the first year they changed the name. So we can all say, you know what, you should have changed the name a long time ago. But here's the deal. And we'll talk about this in the next segment. This Cleveland team is not a one-trick pony. It's not a one-hit wonder. It's not a flash in the pan. This team can stay together for a little bit. And if one factor can change with the management of this squad, there could finally be happiness in the World Series arena in the city of Cleveland. When they were called the Indians, and I'm old enough to remember when they were called the Indians, the Cleveland Indians won the World Series in 1948. They beat the Boston Braves. Now, since then, excuse me as I scratched my nose, the Indians haven't won the World Series. Their trips to the World Series have been very frustrating. They had one of the great regular season teams in baseball history in 1954, only to see themselves get swept by Willie Mays and the New York Giants. In 1985, or 1995, the, the year after the strike, they had a fantastic team that met the buzzsaw of Tom Glavin and Greg Maddox in the World Series. Two years later, they're back in the World Series and had the lead in the bottom of the ninth of Game 7, only to see it slip away. In 2016, they were one swing away, one swing by Francisco Lindor. Um, who was the other one? There was uh, Carlos Santana and I want to say Tyler Naquin. One of those three hit a home run in the bottom of the ninth off of a Rollis Chapman. Cleveland would have won the World Series. 
They've lost heartbreaking postseason series. Hell, even the team from the movie Major League, a work of fiction, even they couldn't win the World Series. And so now their first year after a name that, let's be kind, call it problematic. But even if you didn't find it problematic, it sure as hell wasn't a good luck charm. Only one, only twice in the history of the wildcard era has a team lost game seven of the World Series in extra innings. And both of them were wearing Chief Wahoo hats. Not exactly good luck charms. So part of me would love to see Cleveland the first year that they're no longer the Indians go on to win the World Series. So maybe we could say, yeah, maybe it had to do a little bit with the uh, with that stupid name they had. But there's some other things, too, that I want to bring up. Um, right now, as I mentioned before, the Cleveland Guardians are a very young team, and their payroll is very low. Right now, you can take a look at the fact that almost their entire team, almost all their stars, are signed for many years to come. They're, they're, no one's arbitration eligible yet. For the next two or three years or four years, this entire team is going to be back. And if George Valera can come in as a prospect and fit in well in the outfield, or Bo Naylor can come in and fill in the, the offensive hole, a catcher, then next thing you know, this team is going to be at even younger than they are and have more stars than they have. This could be a team that could go to the playoffs every dang year. And maybe, just maybe, one of those years where they get in, everything falls into place, every, all everything drops in the right way, and there's finally a World Series championship in Cleveland. Can you imagine how beloved the owner would be to deliver a World Series title to Cleveland? What's in the name? I don't know. Does it really matter? The fact that it matters if your team wins, why would you care what they're called at that point? But here's something I find interesting. And there's some people who are going to point to this and say, yeah, this shows you what a great storyline this is. The top payrolls in baseball, the Dodgers, the Mets, the Yankees, the Philadelphia Phillies, and believe it or not, the San Diego Padres. Chances are all five of those teams are going to the postseason. The Red Sox are number six. That's a big disappointment, you know, as are the White Sox at seven. But you got teams like the Astros, the Braves, the Blue Jays, the Cardinals. These are all going to be playoff teams. The only three teams whose payrolls going into this year were lower than Cleveland's are Pittsburgh, who are in a perpetual rebuild, the Oakland A's, who they have made Oscar-nominated uh, Brad Pitt movies to discuss how cheap they are, and the Baltimore Orioles, who are you know a low-budget team with a lot of young players, and they've dumped everybody. That's right. The Marlins have a bigger payroll. The Rays have a bigger payroll. The Royals have a bigger payroll. The Diamondbacks have a bigger payroll than the Cleveland Guardians. Only three teams have a lower payroll. Unlike any of those other teams that just rattled off, Cleveland's actually going to go to the postseason. And there are some people who would like to portray that as a really great thing. Look, there's such a low budget. They made it in. Isn't that great? Yeah, I guess so. But also, the Guardians are owned by the Dolan family. 
Paul Dolan, the main person, the main Dolan in charge, is loaded. There's so much money that they have. And they have the third, the fourth lowest payroll in all of Major League Baseball. And could make the playoffs for the next two or three years. Can you imagine? This team needs a big veteran hitter right at the center. Oddly, most of the best players who are going to be available via free agency are going to be infielders. And so that's a position where Cleveland doesn't really have much of a need. Obviously, Aaron Judge is going to be the big kahuna out there. I have a feeling he's not going to sign with Cleveland. But if they open their pocketbooks and just raise the level to the middle, doesn't have to be a huge payroll, just to the middle, just to the middle. And go to the free agency. Okay, you're not going to attract Aaron Judge. You're not going to attract Trey Turner. But if you can get like a bunch of professional hitters, maybe J.D. Martinez, I don't know, go through the line there and find a few professional hitters to plug into the lineup to go along with all the players who make contact, to go along with all the players who've got speed, and to go along with Jose Ramirez, a legitimate MVP who signed a long-term deal to stay in Cleveland. The Dolan family have to open up their pocketbooks a little bit, just a little bit, enough to be a mediocre payroll, not one of the four lowest. This is a chance. Why do you own a team if you don't want to have that chance to see them make the postseason and win? They can keep this team exactly the way it is for the next three or four years. They'll probably be the favorite to win every single year. But if you want to push this team over the top, if you want to make it to that level where they finally win, and the year after they win, you see the the turnstiles are turning and all the, the, the souvenirs flying off the shelves and everything like that. What's the point of being a sports owner, having all that money, and seeing what has Uh, evolved in front of you and say, hey, we don't have to add much. You don't have to compete with the Mets or the Red Sox or Los Angeles or whomever for a payroll. Just compete with the Marlins, for God's sakes. You know, just move up the payroll to the mid-range along with the Rockies and Twins and Rangers, just into that area. And then all of a sudden, this team will not only be in the playoffs every year, but maybe win it. And you know what? You could pull up Marlins and dismantle the team right after you win it. Believe me, there are plenty of fans in Cleveland who would love to have had that 1997 championship. And if it meant dismantle the team right away, then so be it. This is a really fun, exciting Cleveland Guardians team. You want pace of play better? Then have speed into the game. Put the ball in play. Nothing slows down the pace of play than the ball not being put into play. It's an old-fashioned type of game that feels new. It's fun to watch a team that's not just swinging from their heels all the time. 15, 16 strikeout compilations used to be rare. Now they happen once or twice a week because people swing and miss because they don't care if they strike out as long as you don't ground out. Hit into a double play. Well, what if you ate a grounder and they misplay it, or the defense is screwed up, or they beat it out, or there's an error, or something? Something happens. Steal the base, get on there, go first to third, and put a tiny bit of money into the team. And Cleveland will get in almost every year. 
almost every year. We got a couple weeks left until the end of the regular season. It's looking like the final day where all the games are played at once, maybe a bit of a dud this year if there are no legitimate pennant races. But give credit where credit is due to the Cleveland Guardians. They took one look at that pennant race and said, now nah, we got this. We got this. And you've got listening to this podcast as your first listen. So go to Lockdown MLB Pods on both Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Celebrating the useful, the youthful Guardians and the useful Guardians and a team that has their eye on October for this year and many to come. This is Lockdown MLB for the 20th day of September 2022. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.